Sunday morning, we're in a sermon series entitled, Thriving in Hard Times. The Apostle Paul said to young Timothy in the last days, perilous times are going to come. Difficult days are going to come. Troublesome times are going to come. Hard times are going to come. And we're living in the last days, and we're starting to see it. And some of us experience it. And it's only going to get worse as the coming of Jesus draws near. So we're looking at ways about how we can have victory in the midst of all the dangerous things out there, all the challenges, all the issues of life that we face. Victory over worry. Victory over anxiety is what we're going to talk about today. And our teacher will be Jesus himself. Matthew chapter 6, beginning with verse 25. Jesus speaking to those of his day who were worried, to you and I this morning who might be worried. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought, Have no worry for your life. Don't worry about what you shall eat or what you shall drink. Do not worry for what your body shall put on it. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Behold the birds of the air. They sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much better than they? Which of you by worry can add one single inch unto your height? Why take you thought for your clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon, King Solomon, with all of his glory and riches, was never dressed like these lilies. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more take care of you? Why do you have such little faith? Therefore, take no thought, again, have no worry, about what you will eat or drink, or what you shall be clothed in. For after all these things do unbelievers seek. Your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. But first seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Take therefore no thought for tomorrow, for tomorrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient is the day of evil right now. Victory over anxiety. Victory over worry. Victory over apprehension. Victory over nervousness. Would you like to have victory over those things? Do you know the favorite indoor sport in America is not basketball? It's worry. Over 30 million Americans participate in the indoor sport of worry. Worry. 
constant, continual, chronic worry, anxiety, apprehension, nervousness about today, tomorrow, and forever. About this and about that. 30 million Americans. That's one out of every 12 Americans live lives that are consumed. Listen, not just occasionally, they're constantly consumed with worry. Worry. Now, what does it mean to worry? Well, let me give you what the old English word for worry meant. Let me give you what the Greek word from which the old English word came for worry meant. It literally means to grab somebody by the throat and to strangle them and then to tear their throat apart. You didn't know that, did you? To grab somebody by the throat, to tighten your hands around their throat and begin to strangle them, and then to rip their throat apart. It was a term that was used by shepherds and talking about what wolves did to sheep. So that's what worry means. The idea is that worry grabs us by the throat, it strangles the life out of us, and then it rips us apart. That's what worry does to us. You ever thought of it that way? Worry affects us mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. And when we allow this habit into our life, or this sin into our life, and it can be both, what it does is it physically debilitates us and destroys us. Do you know that several medical schools have conducted studies on worry or anxiety? And they have found that those folks, maybe you, maybe myself, who constantly worry, do you know that they have lives that are seven to ten years shorter than it should be? Worry takes away life years from us. Anxiety shortens our time that we're going to be in this world. It's debilitating. It's destructive to our minds, to our hearts, to our spirit, but to our bodies as well. That's why Jesus said not once, not twice, but three times in the verses we just read, do not worry, do not be anxious. When Jesus says something once, we ought to listen. When he says something twice, we ought to more carefully listen. When he says something three times, our spiritual antennas ought to be going off. I mean, he's saying something that's profoundly important. And three times he says, take no thought. Literally translated, do not worry. Do not be anxious. Do not be apprehensive. Do not be nervous about your life yesterday, your life today, your life tomorrow. Do not become consumed with such things. But pastor, there's a lot to worry about. 
You're absolutely correct. And there's a lot more that's coming that we're going to be worried about. But what does worry do? Does it change anything? Does it help anything? Does it lessen anything? The answer is no. Jesus said, by all the worrying, do you grow any taller? Have any of you grown because of worry? I used to be 5'10", but I've been worrying now for two years. I'm six foot tall. No. Get it down big. Get it down plain. Get it down straight. Worry is absolutely useless in every situation. And it's destructive to us on top of that. Now, what I want to do very simply this morning is look at four destructive things that worry will do to us, and I've already touched base on a few of them. Four destructive things from our text that worry will do to us, and then I want us to look at the solution for worry, okay? I love Jesus because he not only points out the problem, he gives the solution. Okay, I can point out the problem, but if I don't give you a solution, then what I've done is just you leave here discouraged and depressed. Okay, I'm going to get you discouraged for a moment. And then I'm going to pick you up and give you some encouragement. So let's look at the four ways that worry will put its hands around our neck, strangle us, and then tear us apart. Okay, how it will mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically debilitate us and destroy us. First of all, Jesus makes mention in verse 25 and following that worry wastes our time. Worry is a waste of our time. He says in verse 25, take no worry. Take no nervousness or anxiety for your life. Don't worry about your life. Don't worry about what you're going to eat, verse 25. Don't worry about what you're going to drink. Don't worry about what type of clothing you're going to have on your body. Is your life not more than putting food in your stomach and clothes on your back? He says in verse 31, take no thought, give no worry. Don't be anxious about what you're going to eat, verse 31, what you're going to drink, or how you're going to be dressed. Verse 34, Take no thought, no thought, to have no worry about tomorrow. Some of you right now are listening to me and you're worrying about tomorrow. You're worrying why I'm preaching. Jesus said, don't worry about food, don't worry about drink, don't worry about clothing, and don't even worry about tomorrow. He says, don't worry, it's just a waste of time. I want you to understand something about our God. He's two things. First of all, he is a caretaker to creation. And then he is a father to his children. That's what Jesus is teaching here. The God of heaven, the true and the living God, the God that we worship this morning. He is a caregiver to his creation. He created everything and he created everyone. And he watches over everyone and everything. He's a caregiver to it. He's also a father to those that are his children. To them that receive him. 
They have the right to be called the sons and daughters of God, even to them that believe on His name. So He's the caregiver of creation, and He's the Father to His children. Now, as the caregiver of creation, He has responsibility to the birds and to the flowers. The caregiver feeds the birds. They don't plant a garden. They don't store their food up in a refrigerator or freezer. They don't know how to can maters, taters, and beans. The birds depend on their creator, the caregiver of the birds, to feed them. Have you ever seen a hungry sparrow? Have you ever seen a worried bird about where he's going to eat? No, you won't. The caregiver of creation feeds the barrels. He feeds the birds. He also takes care of the flowers. He dresses the flowers. He not only puts them in clothing, he dresses them in colorful clothing. Solomon was a billionaire, I guess, in his day. He had all the money he needed to dress however he wanted to dress. And Jesus says, Solomon never looked as good as the lilies. But the heavenly Father, who is the caretaker of creation, fed the birds as he responsible to do. He dressed the flowers as he's responsible to do. And then Jesus draws this comparison. He says, listen, if the caregiver of creation would take care of birds who are here today and gone tomorrow and who have no eternity. If the caregiver of creation will take care of the flowers that likewise are here today and gone tomorrow and they end up dying in the field or being made into bread. If the caregiver of creation would keep his word and his responsibilities toward his creation, how much more? Will he not take care of his children? What an interesting thing that must have struck the people of that day on. The father of his children, will he not feed them like he feeds the birds? Will he not dress them like he dresses the flowers? Will he not meet their basic needs of life? Will he not do that? How many of you would water your plants but let your baby go thirsty? How many of you would feed your dog and not feed your children? How many of you would put a sweater on your cat and let your children run naked? You say, Pastor, that's ludicrous. It's ludicrous to think that God will feed the birds and dress the flowers, and abandon his own children. And yet some of us sit right here and we're worried about where we're going to eat. We're worried about how we're going to have, provide shelter for ourselves. We worry about what we're going to drink. We worry about clothes. We worry about medicine. Listen, it's the Father's responsibility. It's his responsibility. And he said, Jesus says he'll meet it. 
It may not be how we want him to do it. It may not be when we want him to do it. It may not be the way we would want him to do it. But listen, he takes care of his own. Say, Pastor, how do you know? Because you're here right now. Through many dangers, toils, and snares, you thought you'd never come. I'm just changing the words a tad. Keith does that too. That's okay. But grace has brought us through. And His grace is always available as sons and daughters. He will take care of our basic needs. When we question whether God can feed us, water us, house us, medicate us, and shelter us, you know what we're saying? I don't believe God's a responsible father. And I'm a piece of junk because He doesn't think more of me than He does birds and flowers. That's what we're saying. When we sit here and worry about the basic necessities of life that he said he would provide, we're calling into question his fatherhood responsibilities and our own worth. Secondly, worry is a waste of time. But secondly, it doesn't work. Again, I remind you of verse 27. Jesus said, Can anybody grow taller? By worrying. Can anybody increase their height by anxieties? And the answer is no. It doesn't work. It doesn't change anything. All of the worrying that you and I do, what does it change? Not one single thing. It will do something for us, though. It'll give us a headache. It'll give us an ulcer. It'll shoot our blood pressure sky high, and it'll give us the blues. That's what worry will do. Proverbs 12, 25 says, An anxious heart, a worried heart, weights down a man. You want to be weighed down mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually? Allow worry to consume you. Do you know that most of our worries... They never happen. Or if they do happen, they're so minor and irrelevant, it doesn't matter. Someone who studies that thing said that 92% of everything you're worrying about right now, I know who you are, 92% of the things that we worry about will not take place, or if they take place, they're very insignificant. And yet we sit here and worry about that stuff. You know, it's the height of foolishness to worry so much and to get nothing out of it in return. Nothing. Worry is a waste of time. Worry doesn't work. And thirdly, worry causes us to have a wavering faith. In verse 30, Jesus said to them, O ye of little faith, why are you worrying? Do you not believe the Father will keep His word and take care of His children? Do you not believe you're more valuable to God than birds and bushes? The root of worry is unbelief. You know why we worry? Because we believe that God's not able. He's impotent. God doesn't care. He's unloving. God will not keep his word. He's a liar. 
Hebrews 3.12 says, take heed. You better, he says, beware, lest there be any of you, be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief and depending or departing from the living God. You know what worry does to your faith? It shrinks it. Worry causes you to see a giant God as a midget and a powerful God as weak. It causes our faith to waver. Faith and worry cannot exist together. They're like oil and water. They're like cats and dogs. They cannot coexist. And then lastly, now we're talking about what worry does. It's, it's, a, it's a waste of time. It doesn't work. It causes our faith to waver. It causes God to shrink and the power of God to be minimized. But it also wipes away our witness. In verse 31 and 32, Jesus says in verse 32, For after all these things, and he's talking about worrying, after all this, these things that worry us, that's what the unbelievers seek. Unbelievers worry. Before you and I got saved, we were all worry warts to some degree. You know why we worried about life down here? Because this is all we had. If you're here today without Jesus, listen to me before you go back to sleep. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, this is all you've got. This is it. You've got nothing waiting for you up there. You've got a hell waiting for you in eternity. This is all you've got. You better grab for all the gusto you can because this is it. This is as good as it'll ever be for you. That's why people are without faith, people who are unbelievers, or as Jesus calls them, the Gentiles. People like that, they spend all of their time accumulating stuff because, and then trying to hold on to that stuff because this is all they've got. Unbelievers are always worried about what they're going to eat, what they're going to drink, where they're going to live, what they're going to put on their back, what kind of job they're going to have, how much money can they make, what can they buy. And then they figure out once they get all that stuff, how can I keep it? Hollywood is a perfect example of that. This is all they got. And they worry about getting it. They worry about keeping it. And they need to understand you're not going to keep it. Nobody leaves this world with nothing. But yet some of us, this is all we think about is what we've got here. Listen, you'd be better off thinking about what you got there. So when we worry, we're really showing people we're no different than that group out there who worry about getting, who worry about keeping. How can you witness to people if you're just like them? If we're consumed with worry, how can we tell them Jesus is the answer? We can't. So instead of worrying, we need to do what? Cast. You know, Peter said something interesting. He said, cast all your cares. 
all your worries, all your anxieties on Jesus. Wow, that's interesting. So instead of me sitting here worrying about it, what I need to do is throw them to Jesus. Lord, I'm concerned about this. Lord, I'm troubled about this. Lord, I'm worried about this. That's called casting, getting rid of it. Just let it flow through you like a conduit from one end to the other. From you to Jesus, whatever it is. Now, that's what worry does. It wastes our time. Say amen. It, it, it doesn't work. Say amen. It causes our faith to waver. Say amen. It wipes out our witness. Say amen. Why are you worrying then? See, I wish you could. I wish we had mirrors back here where you could see what I see. No, your wife hasn't been talking to me. I don't know nothing. I'm just preaching. What's the solution? Again, I told you you'd be very discouraged if I said the prayer and we'd out the door we go. You'd say, man, I'm a worry wart. <laughs> I understand it's destructive, but I don't know what to do constructively about it. Well, let's close by seeing some quickly some things that we can do constructively. The first thing we can do is put God first. What a novel concept, put God first. Notice what Jesus said in verse 33. He said, to those of you who are worry warts, to those of you that are anxious, to those of you that live your life full of apprehension and nervousness, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, not the things of this world. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and the king who is coming and all of the righteousness that is therein. And all of these things that you worry about will be added to you. When God has second place, he has no place. What we need to do if we want to overcome worry and stress and anxiety is we have to put God first. You say, well, how do you do that? It's one thing to say put God first, but pastor, practically, what does that mean? Well, let me ask you something. If I said, sir, you need to put your wife first, what would that mean to you? Well, some of you husbands look mighty dumbstruck. <laughs> if I said you need to put your wife first, you would understand that to mean I need to spend time with her. I need to talk with her. I need to get to know her better. We need to develop our relationship. That's what I would mean. Well, if we're going to put God first, what does that mean? It needs we need to spend time with Him. We need to talk with Him. We need to develop a relationship with Him. We need to understand the things that please Him. We need to get to know Him. If you want to get rid of nervousness and anxiety out of your life and worry, you've got to put God first. 
You have to develop that relationship with him. Remember, we don't have a religion, we have a relationship. We talk to God when we what? He talks to us when we read the Word. And the more you read the Word, the more you're going to understand what pleases God. The more you pray, the more you're going to know that God takes care of the things that you have need of. You develop the relationship. But some of us are too busy chasing after the things of this world that we don't have no time to spend with God. And therefore we get consumed with nervousness and worry about things down here when God wants the relationship to be up there. And if you get this right, ladies and gentlemen, all of this will take care of itself. But if you try to do this and leave this out, nothing will ever work. So you put God first. But secondly, if we're going to conquer worry, we not only put God first, verse 33, but we place our future in God's hand, verse 34. How many of you who worry expand your worrying not just to today, but tomorrow? How many of you borrow worries from tomorrow and add them to today? You don't have to raise your hand, just think. And please don't point out other people. You know, some people sit here and they're, they're not only worried about what am I, what, what's going to happen after church on this matter, but you're already worried about what's going to happen tomorrow about this matter. You're already worried about next week, next month, next year. Your worries are just consuming you so much, you've just included the, your whole life. Listen, the Bible teaches we live one day at a time. And that day is today. Yesterday's gone. It cannot be repeated. It cannot be changed. It cannot be rewritten. It's over. Tomorrow may never come for us down here. If you're in Christ, you have an up there, but you're not guaranteed a down here tomorrow. So Jesus says, don't borrow from the troubles of the past. Don't borrow from the troubles of the future. Don't borrow from the worries of yesterday. Don't borrow from the worries of tomorrow. Just live for today. This is the day that the Lord has made. Rejoice and be glad in it. His grace will be sufficient for today. His mercies will be renewed each and every day. He's not going to give you grace for tomorrow. He's not going to give you mercy for yesterday. Grace and mercy is for today. Do you understand that? You, you overload yourself when you start borrowing from the past or the present, or from the future. Trust Him today. You say, well, what about, to what about tomorrow? <laughs> you may not be here, so what difference does it make? Don't worry about nothing, but certainly not about the bookends. Trust Him for today. His mercies are new every morning, says Jeremiah in Lamentations. Third thing to do. Writing this down, put God first. Got to have a relationship with Him. I need to get in the Word. I need to pray. 
I know some of you are very ambidextrous. I know some of you are very multitask. But listen to your pastor. You can't be worried and read the Bible at the same time. You can't be anxious and pray at the same time. So if you're reading the Bible, you can't be anxious. If you're praying, you can't be worried. That's why relationship is so important here. And then we're only going to focus on today. We're going to trust His grace to be sufficient for today, His mercies to be renewed for today. And then thirdly, we're going to remember a scripture. I know I didn't tell you you're going to have homework, but you are. I know some of you are mad now. You're poochy-lipped. I don't like homework. Well, you're getting some. You're complaining, seek heat. I want you to go home. I want you to take out an index card. If you don't have one, we'll provide one free of charge. On that index card, I want you to write down Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. I want you to use the Word of God and the promises of God's Word to help you overcome worry, help you overcome anxiety. Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7. Be careful for nothing. In other words, don't worry about nothing. And everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be known unto God. Those requests are known in prayer. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will stay your mind and heart in Christ Jesus. That is a promise from God. Instead of worrying, start giving Him some praise and thanksgiving. Instead of having anxieties, start praying. Ask Him for His peace. He will give you His peace. You can't buy His peace at Walmart, but He'll give it to you for free. It's the peace of God that passes all understanding because it don't make any sense how you get it. But He gives it to you. And all of a sudden, your troublesome mind is calm. All of a sudden, your worried heart is at rest. That's what He does. Wow. So I want you to write that down on a card. I want you to put a card on your mirror. I want you to put a card in your car. I want you to put a card in your wallet, in your purse. Put it in your Bible. Get up every morning if you're a worrywart. Read that. And continually read that as the day's worries start mounting. Start reading that and claiming it. I wish we would all be like the man who is going to a psychiatrist for many years concerning his worries. He had spent hundreds of therapy hours. He had spent thousands of dollars with his psychiatrist trying to Deal with this consummating worry that was and, and, and anxiety that dominated his life. Finally, one day, he went to his psychiatrist's office. He walked in the door and he said, Doc, I got some good news. I don't have any more worries. I don't have any more anxieties. I don't have any more apprehensions. I'm not nervous anymore. I am free. And the medical doctor said, how can that be? You were a basket case last week when you came. How could all of a sudden in one week everything change? He said, Doc, 
I should have figured this out years ago. I went out and I hired me a professional worrier. And they do all my worrying for me. They take all my anxieties from me. They do it all. I don't have a worry in the world. <laughs> and the psychiatrist said, I, I, I've never heard of that. How expensive is that? He said, the guy cost me 50000 a year, but he's worth every dime. And the psychiatrist said, but you don't have $50,000. And the man said, I know, but that's not my worry. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we got a professional warrior. He'll take our cares if we'll give them to him. He'll take care of them. We don't have to carry them any longer. Cast them upon him and he'll care for us. His name is Jesus. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed.